Hi, I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Firely. I'm Alice Zhao. I'm Curtis Herbert. I'm Heidi Helen Polifus. I'm Ish Shabazz. And this is Independence, a show where... What, hang on, wait. One, two... Do we have people here? Is that, do we have guests? Is that what's happening now? Barged in. <laughs> guests or hackers? I'm not sure which. We may have guests. Oh, yes, we do. We have Heidi Helen Polipus and Ish Shabazz, who created the app Capsicum. Yeah, that's us. That's right, and that was excellent pronunciation. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> He's been working on it all day. <laughs> this is Independence, a show where we are talking to these two great creators uh, about the launch experience that they have had recently with, with Capsicum. So to kind of kick things off, I feel like... Well, congratulations are in order first. Yeah. They launched an app. That's true. Yeah. Congratulations. It was, it was huge. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Where, where did the app name come from? Because Capsicum, like I know what Capsicum is because I'm Australian and that's a thing here, but <laughs> it's not a thing everywhere. And only half of you is uh, is Australian. Right. That's right. And not the half that picked the name, oddly. <laughs> Our working title was Modular because it's a modular daily planet. But that name's really boring. And just through the process of talking to, to Heidi, she occasionally would say the word capsicum. I'd be like, what is that? What, what are you saying? And then she described it to me. I'm like, it sounds like a bell pepper. <laughs> but I like the name of it. I like the sound of it. So then I like did a little bit of research and checked out the etymology of the name, like where it came from. And the Latin root is capsa, which is box. I was like, you know what? I really love the sound of this word. It'd be super cool to just not do modular. And because we're using a little box, it's just a capsicum. Also, branding and such, getting the app icon, like the mm. logo for Capsicum, would be, I could do a glyph, make it easy. We tried tons of different things for modular, and they just were not working out. But Capsicum was like really simple, right to the point. And I thought it was kind of intriguing for U.S. customers who had never heard the word before. It's like, well, what is Capsicum? And you need to kind of check into that. And also, I'd like to give a nod to Heidi being the Australian. Uh, design <laughs> this one be capsicum and the pr- previous one boomerang so we also like fruit names we like apple obviously so <laughs> capsicum's pretty cool name as well we often have conversations like the difference between australian words and american words mm-hmm. so like we say take out the rubbish bin or take out the bin and over there it's take out the trash as far as i know correct me if i'm wrong i think that's right yeah I, I, they recently changed in mac os they changed the trash to the bin and it's it throws me off it's it oh. started to throw me off because oh. i'm so used to seeing trash on them on the mac <laughs> wow yeah i didn't know that yeah that's right they localized it yeah. mm. in the mail app as well it says bin rather than trash australian english GIF versus GIF. (laughs) (laughs) No, Curtis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Heidi, do you want to take a quick, uh, I guess, step back and tell us what the app is? Because I'm sure, you know, it just launched. Not everybody listening knows what it is. Sure. Uh, Capsicum is a daily planner inspired by beautiful paper-based planners. There's a lot of people who like bullet journaling, for instance, and inside their journals, they love decorating them. They like putting in habit trackers. They like putting their to-do list, notes. And we were quite inspired by that idea and we wanted to put it into a digital form. So we made Capsicum our digital planner and we took elements from paper planning. So we've got in there like digital tape, which is inspired by washi tape, which is like it has patterns on it for sticking in their notebook or other things. So we have our own version of that in Capsicum can decorate your page you can choose your titles 
And then we have our components like our to-do lists and notes and we also have our habit tracking in there as well. Our loose leaf page kind of combines both notes and to-dos so you can have either like things that don't belong on a particular day. So like a shopping list for instance in a typical planner it's like it's for the whole year and that might not necessarily belong on a particular day so you can put that in the loose leaf section. Okay. That makes sense. I was wondering where the kind of skeuomorphic roots uh, came for, because it is interesting to see an app launch in, well, technically launched in 2018, I guess, even though we're recording in 2019, um, just under the wire of 2018 on December 28th. Just made it. Yeah, just made it. Yeah, we wanted to get there just before the new year where people like to start new habits and new planners. Makes sense. So we should launch into the the actual launch stuff of this because we've got we've got a lot to cover because we've been following along with uh the stuff that you've been doing and it's been a pretty busy month yeah and uh you've you've had a lot going on so to kind of uh roll back a little bit before the launch capsicum is subscription based so that's how your your payment stuff works how did you decide uh, to use that as your monetization strategy? So picking subscriptions was a long and tedious process of kind of going through sample models of what the other alternatives were. Also some prior experience in the App Store. So from early experience in the App Store, I know that paid upfront models don't work over the long term. I had some early app success in the store, got super duper lucky, and had an app that had hundreds of thousands of customers, which was great. So in the beginning, the money was so great, I was like, oh man, this is mm-hmm. going to be awesome. But turns out what happens over time is the pool of new customers ends up drying up. They're not mm-hmm. infinite people, so only so many people can ever get the app. Yeah. Then after a while, whether that be three years, five years, seven years, suddenly the app stops becoming profitable because that entire time you're doing updates. Updates cost money. They can be nominal amounts of money, but over time they add up. And then you get to the point where you're actually paying more to maintain the app than the app is bringing in. And you're actually losing money from the app. So from that, I'm like, all right, we need some form of recurring revenue. Recurring revenue options are in-app purchase, like one-time in-app purchase kind of deal. But even that kind of trails off. It just kind of extends the same issue with the paid up front model. You can do ads or do subscriptions. I really hate ads. Agreed. So, <laughs> subscriptions. Did you have any concerns with going subscription with a free trial? Because I feel like from what I've seen, people can be a little bit more willing to throw around money when it's a cheap paid up front app. Uh, you know, if you're doing like four ninety nine or something like that, they'll just download it because what the heck. Um, but subscriptions, I feel like there's a slightly higher barrier to entry with people being willing to keep giving that money towards the app. For sure. For sure, there's a drop off. I've identified like eight different points in which you can lose a customer. And one of them could be that subscription is just not appealing, right? But the other thing is we have certain services in the app. For instance, the weather we pay for monthly, the hosting we're paying for, the data transfer we're paying for. So over time, that's actually costing money. So if we were Mm -hmm. to acquire a user for a certain amount of money, we're profitable for maybe a few months to a few years. And after that, what happens? What happens in five years? Now it's, it's no longer profitable. So subscription really had to be the way and the free trial bit um i like the idea of someone kind of being able to try out the app before they use it 
Unfortunately, Apple doesn't offer a clear free trial. Even with subscriptions, it's my personal philosophy that that's not free because it's kind of relying on customers who don't want the free trial to remember to cancel. Yeah, I kind of have a horrible memory now and it's not what I want for me to be like, well, did I do it? How long do I keep it? And there's like this pressure. So we made a, um, I put some time into thinking of a unique subscription model mm -hmm. that Apple luckily has continued to approve. <laughs> so far. <laughs> so far. So far, so good. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully they're not listening. So far. <laughs> At the end of the trial, uh, users aren't automatically charged. So I'm never asking for money up, up front. You just say, I'm going to try it. And we put that up front just so they understand. If you, at the end, just say, hey, there's a trial, it feels like a bait and switch. So we have to let them know, hey, this is going to be a trial. And then at the end of the trial, we just it just switches to kind of a read-only mode. Right? So you can see all the data you have. Mm. We're working on, almost as we speak, uh, just for what's called working on a data export so you can take it with you because your data is yours. But yeah, I just want to have like a really comfortable feeling, not pressured. The trial's for 14 days, but not consecutive days. So if you skip a few days, those days aren't counted against you. Oh, okay. It's a full, just like an actual trial. You're trying out the product to see if you like it. Okay. So you're not doing the store kit free trial on top of the subscription. You rolled your own thing kind of like Slopes does where it's just on your terms, basically, instead of a specific time-based trial of consecutive 14 days or something like that. Absolutely. Slopes is an inspiration. Oh, thanks. And uh, yeah. No, that's great. <laughs> For real. Yeah, because I've seen, uh, I know like in the old days of paid upfront apps, I've seen some people talking back channels of they rely on downloads on a paid upfront app and people not returning them, even if they didn't use the app anymore. So I do like seeing indies coming out nowadays on the scene of saying like, no, we, we thought of a way to be nice to users and not just rely on them forgetting to cancel. Right. Because I've seen plenty of apps do that now with subscriptions and back in the old days of paid upfront apps. Absolutely. And to be honest, it's probably a poor a business decision, like business-wise, just making money. It's probably not good. But I f sleep so much better at night and feel better as a person overall, yeah. Yeah. giving a person like an actual free trial. Because honestly, at the end of the day, we're not just looking for numbers. We want people who are excited about planners and excited about iOS to be using the app. And we don't want reluctant customers. Wait, we don't want you to be a customer because you forgot to cancel. Because that doesn't feel yeah. great. Like we want Definitely. an excited user base. So basically, give you a free trial, 14 days. Take as long as you want to use those 14 days. If you like it, subscribe. And then we'll take care of you. Yeah, I, th I feel like that works on the basis of when you make your customers happy, when you make your the people using your app happy, you sort of get them on your side. And it's that, that seems to really resonate with the way that, I mean, I try to do things with GIF wrapped by making sure that my customers and my clients and the people that use GIF wrapped, that they don't feel like the app is working against them. Because when that sort of stuff happens, it's, it just sort of puts them puts them off. Right. They lose faith in you. Yeah. Absolutely. And what we want is we want long-term customers, right? Yeah. So getting a customer for one month is not nearly as exciting as having a customer for three to five years or even longer. Right? Yeah. So I'd love to have a, a someone be like, yeah, we've been a customer for 12 years. And they'd be like, yeah, you tricked me. You got me. You got that one month out of me and then I'm gone. I really don't want like unhappy customers. The whole point is to like... For us, it's to really help people. And I don't feel like I'm helping them if they are subscribed because they forgot. So you guys had, from our point of view, an incredible launch. And so I'd love to kind of pull back the curtain just a little bit. And can you walk us through some of like the early things that you did leading up to the launch? Like, what are the small things you started putting in place? You're like, okay. Or how many months out when you're like, okay, maybe we should start? 
making some moves instead of just developing. Well, we wanted to do things as early as possible, like contacting the press about the app. However, it didn't necessarily work out that way because right at the last minute, I was still scrambling to get things together. <laughs> but Ish asked if I could like um, get the press kit together because uh, I work on the design portion of things. So showing the app and the press release and start contacting folk. We follow other people in the tech industry. We're like we're friends with some people and there's also other people we don't know. But, you know, we know the publications and we thought we'd contact them. So it was probably at least one or two weeks before we planned on launching that I started contacting people from the press. I put up a basic press kit on Dropbox Showcase. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like for premium users or professional users and you can like showcase your work. It's usually like to showcase like your design work to a client, but I decided to use it for my press kit. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. And like it also shows you if people are signed in who's viewed it and what they've downloaded. I had like um, logos on there and I had the press release and I had images of Capsicum on device frames just to make it easier if press decided to write an article they had things that they could download. Yeah and then I sent some emails out and we we actually asked if people would join the beta like since we hadn't like released it on the store yet and I actually did not really hear back from people like after emailing them. I'm like, well, I've emailed them. They know about it. <laughs> Who knows? Like, oh, we actually... This feeling is, is so familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, anyone? Anyone hear me? <laughs> the black hole that is press. <laughs> and like test flight can show you too, like if people have installed it. And right. I, yeah. I don't think I really saw any of the press people install our test flight, though. I don't know if it's always reliable in the information it gives you. But anyway, we actually launched on the 28th, but it was like the 27th in Australia. I emailed people again to say it's now out and like they could download it on the store. And during the day of the actual launch, then we started having the press coverage come in like TechCrunch was the first one. Wow. Yeah, that was that was a big deal. TechCrunch helped us out a huge amount with people Mm -hmm. checking out the link to Capsicum and it was really nice review too like it had a lot of nice things to say about it only like maybe a slight little criticism right at the very end of the piece so it was like a really nice piece and we're really grateful for it and we got a piece on iMore and then 9 to 5 Mac and a few days later we also got an article on CNET as well like they have a download.com division and they published a review of it as well and that all helped with our downloads yeah that's amazing this is this is not an experience that i'm familiar yeah. with. <laughs> usually i launch and it's crickets yeah I, I launch it and i expect no fanfare so i've been <laughs> yeah. in the store for a bit and all of my launches have been like quiet and small mm-hmm. and things so i was talking to someone actually in like a, a marketing thing like how do you do this how do you launch and he described it to me. He's like, well, to launch well and do it or- organically, it takes like a long time. Mm-hmm. You have to actually reach out to a community, find the community, start with the small people and let it filter up. And we actually employed some of those things, right? So over a year before we actually launched, I started talking about a project that I'm working on just subtly. A little tease. Mm. And then I started talking about what the project was, giving a little bit more detail about it. Then did a few blog posts on it. 
We do like occasional artwork from it, just like kind of leak things out over time. That way, even because you just put out one release, like, hey, we have this thing. People may even miss it. That could have been like a busy day. So I'm trying to get like several things over time just so that the community in general is familiar with it. So that when we do actually launch, maybe get some retweets, maybe get some folks talking about it. Or even a good strategy for launch is having your friends just kind of boost it. Either they've used it and they like it, or just say it's interesting, come uh, maybe check it out, just kind of retweet just to get like a little bit of buzz about it, and then kind of grow it from there. Yeah, the, the organic bit is is the best part, I think. Like, yeah. it was awesome to be featured in TechCrunch and iMore and CNET and, and all these. Because we did, those were like surprises and awesome. But the really cool bit was just seeing like the um, the community support. I agree. And we also had quite a long beta. We've been working on Capskin for like three years, actually. And there was a period of that where we had to like rework things so the public couldn't test it. But at least for a year we had a public beta where people could test it out and try it. And yeah, a lot of those people giving us feedback and helping us make it better and very supportive when we launched as well. Yeah. We had over 700 beta testers, which is amazing. Wow. That's wow. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really incredible. Although it is interesting that Heidi mentioned that it sounded like the beta didn't help too much with the press, because that's a strategy I've been seeing uh, quite a few apps that have been coming out over the last year or so. Now the test flight is really opening up uh, for how many people can come in and the public beta links and all that kind of stuff. Right. I've been seeing more independent developers leverage betas early on in the process, and I kind of assumed without having tried it myself, that that would be helpful for getting the press, but it sounds like it isn't. I kind of assumed the same thing, and I was kind of shocked. I'm like, oh, so no interest then, huh? Nothing? People prefer to download on the store, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably yeah. want to, I mean, it makes sense. They want to see the finished product. They don't want to waste time with it. They just want to write the article when it's time. Mm-hmm. Right. They have a lot of stuff to cover. I guess I get it. I'm just surprised because I had seen so many people doing it. I thought that test flight betas would be a great marketing channel. Um, to the right kind of people. Um, now, it, you know, Ish, like you're saying, it's still going to generate a lot of organic buzz and friends will tell friends, especially right. if you have 700 beta testers. <laughs> <laughs> I have maybe five and they're all under the age of six. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really interesting also. So because of that, I actually, you know, you have a plan. You think, to be honest, I don't know what I'm doing. Welcome to the club. But I have like like theories. I'm like, my, based on the data of other people's tweets, I think this is going to work. So then we do it. And then just initially there's crickets and you're like, "Uh Oh, maybe I miscalculated this entire thing. And then suddenly things start to like pick up after they, after the articles came out and I was like, yay, it didn't work. Mm. But yeah, uh, like the morning of launch, we had zero people that we knew of that were going to write about it. Yeah. It was complete surprise. And we were, we were very grateful for the press we received. Uh, it helped us so much. Yeah, and you you folks got a level of press I would expect from maybe not Panic because they, they <laughs> just rule the press if they launch something. But, um, you know, if Michael Simmons launches something new like a Fantastic Owl, um or something like that, like right. this was definitely covered as somebody who's established yeah. 
in the industry for releasing great apps uh, would get coverage. You you folks were everywhere uh, that day. So that was Thanks. very nice to see indies that aren't those people with those super deep connections in the industry necessarily to get that kind of coverage. That was super exciting. <laughs> yeah. I missed a bunch of it because suddenly trouble tickets started coming in. Oh, no. <laughs> but the beginning part was like really exciting. The first hour. It, exactly, it was about that. Yeah. It was about the first hour. And then it just all came crashing down. But in the beginning, it was really exciting. And someone sent me a tweet that had um, an image like on Apple News on their watch. It came wow. in. I'm like, holy awesome. crap. That's amazing. Yeah, that was uh, definitely like a bucket list thing. That that's. It's pretty exciting. How much do you feel that the the design of the app itself played into the success of your launch? When you compare it to some of the other sort of apps that cover similar ground, like to do apps or habit trackers and stuff like that, it is certainly different. And it's got its it's got roots obviously in the bullet journaling stuff, but it kind of makes it stand out a little bit. Do you feel like that had any effect on the way that the press treated it? Yeah, the, a lot of the press wrote about it as a beautiful planner, which I'm quite flattered by, <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, as a designer, I can be quite critical of my own work. It's hard sometimes to appreciate your own work as much as other people do. Yep. I've got some nice compliments about it, even though I can still see imperfections and there's still things I want to keep on working on and improving. A lot of people seem to like the visual design. We kind of wanted some skeuomorphic look we wanted it to remind you of paper planners so we like our covers are they're kind of a bit dimensional and we have some other elements in there like when you choose your color that you want your notebook to be I I have these little pencils rather than just like little circles or rectangles to choose the color yeah we added some fun little touches like that yeah well I like it because like I've seen designers for the last couple years online crying that they want to bring back skeuomorphism just for the sake of it and I do like this more so because you're trying to do it to invoke a specific feeling and to kind of that bond that people have to their physical journals like you're trying to recreate that digitally and all those little touches just build on that experience you're not making it skeuomorphic just to make it look pretty or just to make it look different like Mm -hmm. that does have an effect to help you stand out but it's also for a very specific reason and that's times that I like seeing skeuomorphism actually used is there's a reason to that not just this is the default or you know just to stand out yeah we we like that feeling like when you go into a stationery store and you see all the beautiful stationery and you're just like, right. oh, I want this. This this looks so good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Except you can't, like, have 500 paper planners at home and, like, you just... Exactly, yeah. You can't buy everything. Well, now you can in your phone. <laughs> <laughs> you just need that new paper smell somehow yeah. coming off of people's <laughs> that's, phones that's as an in-app purchase. Version <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> yeah, smell o vision So while we knew... Heidi did a great job. Whoa! You know what? Exactly. Exactly. No, no, that's no. true. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the bugs. Yeah. How, I mean, it's painful. I know. Mm. You did allude to them. To be fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, let's visit that just for, for a quick second. Uh, just because I mean, we're, we're we've all been there yeah. for okay. sure, and you're just like, yeah. Ah. Let's talk about it. 
Sure. I still launch bugs on a daily basis. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then the bug fixes have their own set of bugs. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun times. So that is the one of the hardest parts of being a developer, particularly an independent developer. Mm. Because when you're independent, it's just so personal, the product you just put out. Yeah. Uh-huh. And for like this product, we've worked on it for, like how you said, about three years, right? And a good chunk of that we talked about was the first time user experience. Because you never get a second chance to make a first impression, right? Yeah. So your three years of work can just come to a halt in five seconds. <laughs> Someone can have a bad experience in the first five seconds, and then it doesn't really matter how much time you spent. It's mm. over. So let me tell you, there were five big bugs on launch day. The biggest of which broke my heart, my soul, and I don't know if I'll ever get over. Oh, no. This bug was the inability for people to sign up for the subscription and we have some analytics that told us that 2300 people tried and of those 2300 that tried five were successful oh no and yeah i I wanted to cry i was like no but you you get over it so yeah and then i put in i put in a bug fix for that immediately i was like oh no i see the problem fixed it put it in apple but it was right after the store opened up and they had a gigantic queue yeah the turnaround lately it's been like a day but this was like three and a half days oh my god i actually pulled it out i pulled it out of review and then put it back in and then four hours later it was it was reviewed so yeah that was a really painful beginning the other one was the um the second big one was the free trial bit so we're giving people the 14 days to explore but there's a, a ui bug that would just show the trials expired Uh-oh. all the functionality was still there they could do everything yep but it said the trial was expired so when they came in and saw trials expired like what you duped me yeah there were like 14 days more like 14 seconds oh, no. someone said that yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah oh it hurt. <laughs> so that was the interesting too, thing too, right about the press. So something I've learned is that when the U, some of the sites in the U.S. that are big, like TechCrunch, they put out an article, it will get either duplicated or like similar pieces yes. written like around the world. So some of them I actually had to translate to see what horrible things they were saying about me. Uh. <laughs> you want to mention the other bugs? Yeah, some some intense bugs. She's really digging that knife in. She's like, do you want to talk in depth about those other three bugs? I know. I was going to gloss over the rest, but okay. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, there were there were bugs that made things seem worse mm. than they were. There was one that was visual, made it seem like there was data loss with notes, yeah. but there wasn't uh, and things like that, which just like in the beginning gave it to a rough start. So the whole thing about that is yeah. like trying to pull that up and turn it around. Normally, if I can talk to a customer, things sure. are great. If I can let's have a conversation then we're good they'll understand etc also the biggest bit like the the first onslaught of one star reviews weren't about bugs they were about the philosophy of subscriptions oh no people who actually (laughs) hadn't used the app because they said in the review i downloaded this and immediately deleted it when i realized it was a subscription yeah Yeah. it was like paid one star yeah not free one star i'm like okay yeah i've actually been that's something i've debated is i know you and joe chaplinsky's recap app and a bunch of other new apps that are coming up free trial mention that during the onboarding process Mm -hmm. and that gets it so there's kind of a benefit that the people that are now using it are people who are like oh okay i might have to pay one day fine let's check this out and it gets rid of all those people right away but at the same time it doesn't give you a chance to really sell your app to the user right so that's that's always kind of a risk when you do the free trial onboarding thing and it's tough because if you don't tell them when they first start and later on like oh by the way this thing you've been using and enjoying i'm going to charge you for later (laughs) again they're like angered for bait and switch so i decided between the two 
I would just lose you right up front and just yeah. let you know one day you'll have to pay. And then those even split into two groups. Because there are folks who, who paid, who clicked on it, and then somehow thought we might have still got their money, even though they never authorized it, they yeah. never did the flow. Everyone's just so used to the flow. Someone who wrote me a very nasty email because they couldn't figure out how to unsubscribe. <laughs> and they never subscribed because right. we didn't automatically subscribe them. So... Yeah. I feel like even if you tell them up front, they'll still be mad because they didn't actually read it either. Right. I think uh, I think Curtis gets that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I get that all the time. That's the thing. Yeah. Even if you tell them up front, they don't read. I, I've We had one star review that says, don't trust this app. Any app who hides that they have an in-app purchase or price up front is, can't be trusted. I'm like, but it's in the store, app has in-app purchase. It's in the description that... The actual price in the promo information, it says it also there's a free trial. And then when you launch the app on the app screen, it tells you. So I'm not really sure how it could be more clear yeah. that eventually you'll have to pay. Mm. And I responded to a bunch of the initial reviews and I told them, look, I understand you don't want to pay. I don't want to pay for anything either, like food and rent <laughs> and car notes, all these things. I don't want to pay for any of these things, but unfortunately, I do. Part of that fee, though, is the hosting, the updating, et cetera. And I could do an upfront free, but then you're going to put your data in the app. And then in three years, we have to put out a blog post about how we sunset the app because we weren't sustainable because we didn't have enough money to keep it going. So I don't want to pay. I understand you don't want to pay. But my only options is to either get money from you to keep this going in the future or get ads. Do you want ads? I don't want to give you ads. So... Work with me. It's, it's, and a lot of people. Well, there's a third option. Have what about VC funding and eventually selling to Facebook for a big egg? Just sell all their data. That's like the answer to everybody's problem. Yeah, just problem. sell all their data. It's not ads. You're selling your users' data. That that is the delayed ad option. But yeah, yes. it's in my pocket. Just in it's, case. It's, it's kind of, kind of the same thing. I'm like, well, and honestly. Some of the most vocal people, one person wrote like a manifesto on subscription and how it's oh how it's wrong and manipulative and such. I'm like, holy cow, this is long. And I replied and that review went from a one star review to a three star review at the very bottom saying, you know, my recommendation is to give this app a shot. I was like, OK, cool. Because yeah, again, yeah. if I can talk to a person, then we're usually good. We're usually good. Uh, unfortunately, the thing out there, there's this stigma of the um the greedy developer i've never met an independent developer who was greedy yeah but there are the scam apps out there unfortunately which kind of undoes our entire championing of the hey we're independent developers we're not trying to scam you but then someone comes out they do have a scam they charge 60 bucks a week for the app and you're like okay well now a person who's had that experience Mm -hmm. understand why they're skeptical understand why they're bitter but that's not us. So it's kind of um, it's a whole PR situation is trying to explain like, hey, we're here. We're not trying to scam you. Notice that I gave you the, the free trial and I didn't charge you. I went out of my way. At a certain point, I was particularly hurt by it because the number of people accusing me of being a scam artist by not taking their money. I'm like, wow, I'd be the worst scam artist <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I went out of my way to not get your money because the default <laughs> is to get your yeah. money automatically for two weeks. I went out of my way to find a way to not do that and not count the days you don't yeah. use the app. There's a lot of stuff in that. And yeah. People going to hate paying for apps. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the cool thing though is there's there are people who love the app, love it to death and are happy to pay. And those, those are the folks we're going for. Other folks were like, this is just not for me. Yeah. No hard feelings. It's just not for you. That's okay. 
it's all right. There's plenty of apps in the store. There's free apps, there's paid apps, there's all sorts of options. Yeah. This might not be the option for you. And if not, it's okay. I'm not trying to twist your own fortune into it. That's why I'm giving you the trial. You can try it and see, do you like this? Some people are absolutely going to love it. And other people it won't be for them. And either way is okay. Yeah, that's one of the things I like for my customer support replies is I have a competitor that's 99 cents that I paid their UI design, but they're well engineered. So it's just like, hey, you don't want to pay a subscription? I'm fine with that. I'm not the app for you. Why don't you go try this app? Right. They're 99 cents. They're exactly what you want. Sure. Go for it. It's going to work great for you. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care. Like, the market's big enough that you don't have to be the only app out there. Mm-hmm. And you can recommend your competitors if they don't <laughs> like your business model. Absolutely. You just have to hope you're not recommending that too many times. <laughs> Keep that ratio. <laughs> no, overall, I want people to be happy. Yeah. Right. I genuinely want people to be happy. I genuinely want to help people. So I want you to find the product that's for you. I'm going to let you try this one out and see if it's for you. Because it is. Not everyone even enjoys this fuel morphism, right? Some people say this app is gorgeous. Oh my, it's beautiful. Some people are turned off by the skeuomorphism, and if that's your personal taste, that's yeah. okay. Find an app that's doing the thing you want. Catholicum does so many things, right? So it's uh, a habit tracker and a daily planner, and there's uh, markdown notes and all this. And someone's like, it's the same as like the built-in calendar. I don't see the big deal. What's the difference? <laughs> like, okay, well, <laughs> if you'd like to do the habit tracking with the default built-in iOS calendar, please Go for it. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) Enjoy that. So we probably should start to uh, head towards the end. But before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, uh, the both of you, whether you have any advice for people who are looking to launch apps in 2019. Um, Do you have any specific advice that you would like to to share? Or 2022 if you're starting three years early. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You guys are really good at planning this. I don't even know what tomorrow's going to look like. Honestly, that's my advice. My advice is really like plan far in advance if you can. Start the seeds early and grow slowly over time. And, and be careful with any kind of sign up bugs. Don't don't have those. <laughs> I would say think about from the start about it being a business and how you will monetize it. It's hard to change down the line your your business model because that will frustrate people. There's many different models on the app store for making money. There's ads, there's paid up front, there's freemium. If you want your app to be around for a long time, you have to think about if I charge $2 to get it up front now, will I be able to support it in 10 years time? If you only get that from a customer once, will you be able to afford it Mm. in the future? Unless you are like just making an app like for fun or for popularity or anything. But Mm -hmm. if you want to make an income from it, you have to think about that beforehand and you have to like be prepared that people aren't going to like it. (laughs) Like sometimes like not everyone likes subscriptions. Apparently (laughs) they tell us all the time in our reviews, but (laughs) yeah, it's still good to stick with what you feel is right and, and what you need to make an income out of it. Like, don't sell yourself short and, yeah, you have to look after yourself. That's right. That's, I, that's what I keep trying to tell these two. You look after yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're good at telling us that. <laughs> and I'm definitely not good at, like, thinking about the long term. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't think about the whole, like, long-term monetization route since we went paid up front for the longest time. <laughs> Still working it out. <laughs> so if people want to get in touch with the two of you, how can they do that? You can follow me on Twitter at Heidi underscore Helen. That's H-E-I-D-I underscore 
H-E-L-E-N. And I'm at iShabazz at everywhere. I-S-H-A-B-A-Z-Z. But yeah, just Twitter's the way to go. Cool. The links for both of those will be in our show notes, by the way. Awesome. And if you would like to get in touch with the rest of us, you can contact all of us via email. That is hello at independence.fm. Or we are all on Twitter as well. I am Jelly Bean Soup. I'm Ida Duck I Must. And I'm at Parrots, the plural of the bird. And that's all we've got for this fortnight. Thank you both for joining us on this episode. Yes, um, thank it's you. been great to have the two of you. Yep. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. It was great. And thank the rest of you for joining us. We look forward to talking to you again in another fortnight. And until then, goodbye.